Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. This is episode five. I'm Jason Grubb, and today I will share with you my top three training mistakes that I have made uh, over the past few years as a uh, CrossFit athlete. I hope you enjoy. All right, today I want to talk about uh, training mistakes that I've made over the years. So I don't have a tremendous amount of experience with training. I was a uh, gymnast in high school going all the way back then. Uh, it was the first real sport I was good at. Uh, I was in soccer and track before that, but I was a gymnast starting in seventh grade and eighth, eighth grade. I won uh, the state championship, which was really, really cool. And uh, as I progressed uh, further and further, almost at that time, like the more successful I was, the more pressure I put on myself to do really well, uh, the more I trained. Uh, and it was like six days a week, two, three hour sessions, six days a week until I was a junior in high school. And um, it was really, really, really terrible. My training mistake back then was never, ever having an off season, never, ever taking a break, always feeling this internal pressure. Like if I took one day off, I would lose my momentum and the other competitors that I would be working uh, uh, competing against would progress that one day they would get better than me and it was so 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 much pressure uh, but I bring that up because it makes me think about training mistakes that I've made over the past uh, five six years of of being a crossfitter so as a crossfitter I started uh, at age 38 and was um, so excited when I found you know, a sport that was uh, something that I enjoyed, something that made me feel like a, a legitimate workout. It reminded me of a gymnastics session from when I was a teenager. Like nothing since then had ever made me feel so utterly exhausted. Uh, and I loved it. And in the first year of CrossFit, almost 12 months, I went six days a week. Um, and on Sunday, I didn't go because it wasn't open. But I became a little crazy, a little obsessive. Uh, probably some sort of mental disorder kicked in, but but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. At the same time, I was training hard, and it was an immediately slightly competitive environment for me. You know, in in CrossFit and in, in a lot of gyms, there's a there's a whiteboard and there's a leaderboard on that whiteboard for the workout every day. And when I started, I was just at the bottom of the barrel, always at the bottom. And I felt that desire, I wanted to climb up. And I started, where I worked really hard. I started to beat people in workouts here and there. It was really cool. But there was always these like top five guys in the gym I started at that I wanted to catch up to. And within seven, eight months, I was catching up to them. And, and sometimes I was on top and it felt great and all of that. Um, but that was just me being new and fresh, kind of in the honeymoon phase of starting something new. Um, tasting my first bit of competition, nine months into CrossFit, and realizing, oh, I love this. Um, at the same time, I uh, started to develop an interest in opening my own CrossFit gym, which is really hard. For those of you that are listening that are gym owners, um, you know, uh, opening a CrossFit gym is really, really, really hard. At the same time, I wanted to... Um, do, you know, be a really, really good trainer. So um, my first training mistake as a competitive athlete was uh, self-programming. When I opened my gym, I thought, you know, it's the role of a great gym owner to program my own workouts and, and the workouts for my gym. And I got really geeky with it, uh, with my L1 and my L2, uh, which are CrossFit certifications. Um, 
you know, I, I had spreadsheets with all of the movements that we would do typically in CrossFit and, and different time domains and, and AMRAPs and EMOMs and four-time uh, gymnastics, monostructural uh, weightlifting movements. And I, I programmed all of my own stuff probably for three, maybe even six months of starting the gym. So one, it was really, really exhausting to be my own programmer. Programming for myself was, was, uh, was really hard too. I favored the things I enjoyed. Um, so my programming had a bias to it. There was no way for me to get around having a bit of a bias on the things I loved doing. Um, I loved long, arduous, hard workouts. You know, chippers that had 90 reps, then 80 of something else, 70 of something else, 60, 50, 40, 30, or, you know, AMRAPs that were just uh, just unbearable. Um, a lot of gymnastics or body weight type movements, you know, lots of pull-ups, lots of toes to bar, things I was great at, tended to show up more. And, um, and it wasn't moving me forward. It was making me good at the things I was good at, but I couldn't squat clean. I couldn't snatch. Uh, I couldn't overhead squat because I never did those because I didn't like them at the time. And I didn't really know how to, to do them well. Um, I'd never learned how to actually do like a, a, a power clean or a squat clean. I had to watch on YouTube when I first started CrossFit how to do these things because it just wasn't taught at the gym that I was at. So I would just jump online and, and try to learn myself. Um, and then in self-programming, I favored the things I was good at. And I didn't have the self-discipline of programming a well-rounded program or even having the idea of what it would take to be a world-class competitor and create a, a trajectory towards getting there. So uh, it's a lot of work self-programming. It generally is very biased or at least mine would have been and was biased. And um, you're always second-guessing when you're self-programming. And for me, again, this is, this is just my mistakes, my training mistakes. When I self-programmed, I doubted my workouts all the time. So I would think about, uh, you know, in the middle of workout, oh, is this too many rounds? Should I be doing this? Is this too much? Is this not enough? Maybe I should do something else after this. And I just couldn't trust myself and trust the process. And I was so new to this entire thing um, and naive. Uh, and even now, after having five, six years of experience, I don't think I can self-program. I just, it just doesn't feel like the right thing for me. So what's next? Um, following another program. So a friend recommended CompTrain and I didn't want to pay for uh, CompTrain. I think CompTrain was just free at the time, actually. I don't, I'm not sure if there's a paid version, but if there was, I wasn't paying. I was going with the free version and I considered myself a, a potential qualifier, <laughs> uh, which meant that that programming that was written by CompTrain at the time, this is five years ago, four or five years ago, it was written for games qualifiers or regional qualifiers. These are, you know, the, the fittest 20 to 35 year olds um, on the planet. And I'm trying to keep up with their training. So I started following a program, but at my age, at the 39, 40 years old, I was uh, way overtraining, way, way, way overtraining. And so I'd have this workout and it would just be, you know, part A, part B, C, D, E, and F. It would be a two, two and a half hour session. I had a couple of friends that would work out with me and we would obliterate ourselves. Now these two dudes, uh, whose both of their names were Nick at the time, um, Nick one and, I mean, I said Nick two and Nick three, uh, actually. We had nicknames for these guys. Um, 
we would just kill ourselves and they're in their 20s and I'm 40 or somewhere around the 41, somewhere around that age. Um, we kill ourselves and feel like we got a solid day's worth of training. But the reality was I wasn't getting tremendously better. The amount of effort I was putting into it, the trajectory of effort and the results were not equal. My results were not on the same trajectory as my effort. And I couldn't understand why wasn't I um, getting as strong as I should be getting, giving the amount of volume that I was doing. I was doing so much, absolutely dead and destroyed. And I got stronger, but it wasn't uh, in par with the amount of effort that I was putting in, the time I was putting in. In fact, I was probably hurting my body at the time by overtraining. So overtraining is another training mistake that I've made. And by overtraining, it's, it's, uh, it's paying attention to how old I am, what my body's capable of, how much recovery I'm able to do, uh, how much nutrition and eating I'm able to do in a day, and all of that factors in. You know, if I was going through uh, workout one, two, three, four, five, and six, seven on a traditional day, we would consolidate that to one session and just blast through it. And the limitations of that one wasn't fueled properly, it wasn't getting enough rest. Perfect scenario is I'm doing a two or three sessions that day and not working and not owning a gym and not providing an income for my family or for myself. Uh, it it cost me uh, way way too much to do that, so we had to consolidate it, which meant that these workouts were also not done to the stimulus that you're supposed to have in those workouts. So, you know, when you do a weightlifting workout, we should be able to give our all to that particular uh, Olympic lifting session, right? And then if we recover after that and we eat and we refuel and we rest, we come back for a Metcon or two Metcons, metabolic conditioning. Uh, we should feel fresh and I should be able to give the correct amount of effort to that stimulus. But if, if let's say there's five different workouts and the last workout is Fran, if I am doing this all in one session, you know, my Fran time is, is 202, uh, two minutes and 20 seconds, two minutes, 30 seconds, um, you know, kind of average uh, for, for an athlete. Um, and and uh, if I did all those things first, there was no way I'd break three minutes on Fran when really I should be breaking 220 and 215 on Fran. But it's because I've got this huge session with no rest, no breaks, no food, no recovery. So it was overtraining. And even if I did break up those sessions, at my age, I shouldn't be doing that amount of volume. So overtraining was another mistake that I made. Um, another mistake is uh, after the 2018 CrossFit Games, I, uh, I, I placed third, and that's pretty damn good. I'm gonna feel good about that. It's my first time at the Games. There's 20 other incredible athletes. I qualified 13th, uh, 413, so I was 13th qualifying in there and I ended up in third place. And there was a lot of events. I feel like there was eight events. And I did pretty well top five on, on, on most of the events, but there were two events that I struggled on. And one of them was a max uh, jerk. So just a, a split jerk, a max jerk. Um, I think I had three attempts, uh, or there was a specific, I'm pretty sure it was three attempts. And uh, you know, I, I think I placed 16th or 17th in that event uh, with a jerk at 285 pounds. Uh, I think I bumped up to 305 after that. Yeah, it's no big deal. Just a 20-pound PR is what that would have been. Um, so I, I didn't do well on that event. And I also didn't do well on the snatch event. I remember reading the event for uh, the games that year. And it was uh, 50 double-unders and then five 
squat snatches at 185. 50 double unders, five squat snatches at 205. 50 double unders, five squat snatches. Oh, I'm sorry, five, five, four, three, five, five. Five, four, three, two, something, some, five, four, three, two. It, that's what it was. Five at 185, four at 205, three snatches at 225, and two snatches at 245. I remember reading that and thinking they made a mistake. They, they messed it up. Um, there is no way this is the workout for, for the masters that. There's no way. They, it's a typo. It was not a typo. Turns out it was an actual event, and... Uh, <laughs> I did my doubles. I did snatches at 185 like a rock star. Um, uh, snatches, 205. My, my heaviest snatch at the time was two, 210. 205, I hit my 205s. Got to the 225 and I looked at my judge. I was like, dude, we're going to be here for a while. We got a 10-minute time cap. I got like five minutes to go so or four minutes. We got all the time in the world. And uh, I picked up the dumb of the barbell, deadlifted it, dropped it. Oh, man, there's no way. I just stood there for a second, kind of looked around, like, oh, let me give this a shot. So I gave it a good solid shot, and I almost snatched 225. I was this close. So I, I was like, okay, we're going to do it. And so I, I snatched it, stood it up, stepped over the line, no rep. I couldn't believe it. Like, I, what the fuck was I doing that close to the line in front? Uh, so I backed up, hit a snatch. Holy crap. Hit another snatch at 225. Wow. And then uh, I've got a minute left and I, I missed my third snatch. But I, if I would have got through that snatch into some double unders, man, I would have gotten better than like 15th, 16th place in that workout. Maybe I got 14th, I'm not sure. Um, but those two events, heavy Olympic lifting, were a weakness for me. And that made me nervous. So got back. I did not want, I want, as soon as I got back from the games, I wanted to hit the ground running. I wanted to train as hard as I could. I took four days off, maybe five days off, and got kind of back into it. But then I, I was following CompTrain Masters at the time, which I'll talk about in a couple of minutes. And I added to that uh, an Invictus Olympic uh, weightlifting cycle. So I would do the Invictus work four days a week, and I would do the CompTrain work in addition to that. And I would remove some of the things from CompTrain, like I wouldn't do heavy squats, or, or if there was an Olympic lifting component in the CompTrain uh, component of the programming, but I would do all of the Invictus Olympic weightlifting protocol and then comp train, whatever was left, I would do that. And uh, this was the fall of 2018 going into 2019. Um, I worked like crazy on my snatch, clean and jerk, and all that heavy lifting. Um, during that time, uh, plantar fasciitis creeped back into uh, one of my, my heels. Uh, I had lower back pain like nothing else. I couldn't figure out, but my back hurt all the time. It hurt to sit on the couch, hurt to sit in a chair, uh, but it didn't stop me. I was gonna improve my snatch and my clean and jerk. Um, and through that process, you know, in, in a three month process, uh, I don't think I gained actual strength in my clean and jerk and my snatch in addition to doing all the training that I was doing. Once I finished the Olympic cycle with Invictus, there was nothing wrong with that training cycle, but combining them together was a huge mistake for me. So I stopped that, um, kind of went into some deload time, uh, taking it easy time, and then just followed CompTrain one program. And I did okay in the open, not great in the open that year, which was, so October, November, December, I'm doing Olympic lifting and training. January kind of just doing one thing and by February it was time for the open. I placed 80th in the open in 2019, 
Thankfully, the top 200 qualify for regionals or uh, our online qualifier for the Masters athletes. I played seventh, went to the games, and won the games. Uh, that was that was great, but but overtraining or following multiple programs and trying to navigate that when those programs aren't talking to each other. It was, it was a mistake uh, and it, it cost me some time. It cost me potential injury. I could have gotten hurt worse and I, I hurt a lot of them. My back hurt and my heel hurt. I couldn't run, I couldn't jump. I'm trying to snatch with a sore heel, a back that didn't feel good at all. Uh, and it was, it was not a great idea. So uh, what does work? <laughs> what does work? For me, I follow one program to a T, whatever it says I do. And that's CompTrain Masters. There's a lot of Masters programs out there. I think it's worth checking them all out, of course. For me, CompTrain Masters has done a great job for me. Uh, I know the guys that uh, and, and ladies that do the programming, that support the team, and they're fantastic. They know me, um, and I've just enjoyed it. The workouts are just enough. Some days are long, some days are, are, are relatively short. Uh, the workouts are great. It allows me to give 100% of my focus and effort without self-doubt, without uh, wondering, is this the right program that I should follow? Am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? I trust their process and, and I just do it. Whatever they say, that's what I'm going to do. And that makes me settle into a nice rhythm. I just, I, it removes decision fatigue. It removes questions. It removes doubts. It allows for deload weeks, which I would never program for myself because I hate deload weeks. I hate slowing down, but I do because that's what the program says. The second thing is, is to have a coach, is to have somebody that watches your movement. And my coach, she watches my movement and corrects my movement. Just the other day, uh, I was working on pistol squats, which is a weakness for me. And, uh, and I have to still have some soreness in my hip from Wadapalooza, but I wanted to work on it. And so she suggested this, this putting one leg behind the other leg for a pistol. It's actually just changing my center of balance a little bit. And I could practice pistol squats, single leg squats without, without dying, without it being this, this bad experience. So that was, uh, Another piece, having someone that could coach me, someone that knows me, someone that knows how I move, how my style is, knows my weaknesses, knows my strengths, and has the courage to share with me the feedback that I need. So whether you, you have an online coach or an in-person coach, have someone that can give you feedback. With that in mind, that is my uh, pointer for the day. Uh, these are mistakes that I've made. I hope that uh, you can relate to those mistakes. Some of you or some of you don't make those mistakes and you follow a program. Find a training regimen that works for you and stick to it. And if you uh, or someone you know needs to get started in fitness, that's what I do. I help everyday people uh, go from thick to fit. That was my journey. At 38, I was a thick guy. I transformed into a fit guy using fitness and nutrition, and now I help other people do that. I also do that only remotely. And during this time, when we can't actually leave our homes, this is uh, the March of 2020, we are all on lockdown. Remote training uh, is perfect. I can help people in their homes start to get fit. Uh, click the link below if you're watching this YouTube video to get two weeks of my 14-minute workouts for free or send that link to a friend that needs it. And uh, if you are subscribing to this podcast, this will also be in the show notes. Right now, click the subscribe button on YouTube, the subscribe button on your podcast of choice, whether it's, it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Castro is one of my favorites, and uh, I will see you next week for the next podcast. Thanks for listening.